0: Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio, KLBJ.
1: The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here
2: are Todd and Oz. It is 532 here on the Todd and Oz Show. So glad you chose to join us here on the Monday edition. Uh, Jump in at 512-836-0590. We always begin with the big stories. Congress just initiated an impeachment inquiry against Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, for his handling of the border crisis. Here's Senator Ted Cruz.
3: This is not caused by the fact that Joe Biden is incompetent, that Alejandro Mayorkas is negligent. This is the deliberate outcome they want. When Joe Biden became president, he inherited the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. And he deliberately broke the system, he opened the border, and the numbers immediately shot up.
2: And with more on the
4: story, here's newsman John Stolness. The articles of impeachment accused Mayorkas of willful and systemic refusal to comply with current immigration law and breach of public trust. They say he's knowingly lied and made false statements to Congress. The Biden administration says House Republicans have not met the constitutional requirements for impeachment. Impeachment articles will be reviewed by a House committee tomorrow and will need to pass the full chamber in order for Mayorkas to be put on trial in the Senate. Republican Congresswoman Elise Stefanik on Fox News says this is an important step.
5: House Republicans are the last line of defense and we are holding the Biden administration and Joe Biden accountable for the catastrophe at our southern border.
4: Only one cabinet secretary has ever been impeached by the Senate in 1876 when William Belknap, former president, grand secretary of war, was Meanwhile, Senators spent the weekend continuing negotiations on a border deal that would open up funding to Ukraine and Israel as well. The top Republican negotiator, Senator James Lankford, on Fox News Sunday said attempts by Donald Trump and other Republicans to prevent a deal from getting done is hypocritical.
0: Republicans four months ago would not give funding for Ukraine, for Israel, and for our southern border because we demanded changes in policy. So we actually locked arms together and said, we're not going to give you money for this we want to change in law and now it's interesting a few months later when we're filing it at the end they're
4: like oh just kidding i actually don't want to change in law because the presidential election year we all
6: have an oath to the constitution
4: last week trump pressured republicans to oppose a deal so it can remain a campaign issue for him on saturday in las vegas trump taking credit for opposing it
3: a lot of the senators are trying to say respectfully they're blaming it on me i said that's okay please blame it on me please because they were getting ready
4: to pass a very bad bill. But Biden over the weekend pressing for a deal, he says, so he can take action.
0: It'll also give me as president the emergency authorities shut down the border until it could get back under control. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the
2: border right now and fix it quickly. John Stolness, Washington. It is 535. Three U.S. service members have been killed. At least 34 others injured in an Iranian-backed militia drone strike on a base in northeast Jordan. So, according to U.S. officials, it happened Sunday marking the first American troops killed in a hostile action since the start of the Hamas-Israeli conflict in Gaza. The U.S. officials say the attack took place overnight at Tower 22. It's a small outpost near the Syrian border. Reporter Jackie Quinn has more.
5: President Biden announced the drone attack. that claimed three U.S. lives and left some 25 other American service personnel injured. He called it despicable and wholly unjustified. This is the first time American troops in Jordan have been targeted since militants began attacking US forces in Iraq and Syria after the war against Hamas began in Israel. Insiders say the installation known as Tower 22 houses mostly engineering, logistics, and security troops who were likely sleeping at the time of the attack.
7: I know we've had an impact. You know, I won't, uh, won't characterize uh, you know how much, but we have had an impact on their. On their capabilities.
5: Joint Chiefs Chairman C.Q. Brown on ABC's This Week with George Stephanopoulos prior to the attack described the U.S. role to deter militant violence in the region. Make sure
7: as we, uh, uh, as things have happened in the Middle East is not to have the conflict broaden. And so uh, as I provide advice and we think about the uh, approach we take, we want to ensure that we uh, take away capability while we protect our forces at the same time not have this brought into a into a much wider conflict.
5: Since the Israeli assault on Gaza after October 7th, there have been dozens of militia attacks against U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria. This is the first in Jordan. I'm Jackie Quinn.
2: It is 537. The Republican presidential race is down to two, and the former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley insists that she will stay in for the long haul.
1: The former president has commanding victories in Iowa and New Hampshire under his belt. In the New Hampshire primary, former Ambassador Haley was 10 points behind Trump. But she feels okay about that and is still confident in her campaign's chances.
8: And so one by one, we dismiss the fellas, right? One by one. And then we saw in New Hampshire, it became a two-person race.
1: Haley accusing Trump of being upset that he didn't beat her by more in New Hampshire.
8: To the point that he threw out insults. That's what he does. I'm okay with that. I'm used to that. So he, you know, threw out insults. And he talks about revenge.
1: During a campaign event over the weekend, Trump didn't come off as too concerned about Haley. We're
3: beating everybody. We're beating her by a lot, but we're beating Biden. She can't beat Biden. The polls are showing, the most recent polls, because she doesn't have Republican support. You know what she doesn't have? She doesn't have MAGA.
1: Haley said yesterday she'll need a solid showing in the upcoming South Carolina primary, her home state, where she served as governor. But she didn't say that she had to win there to stay in the race. Haley also went after the Republican National Committee after it backed Trump for the presidency. She questioned the timing of the move after just two states
2: have cast ballots. I'm Clayton Neville. It is 5.39.
1: This
9: is Poll Puri with Fox News Director of Polling, Dana Blandon.
5: A question that will soon face Republicans is how they will unite the party. Our Fox News voter analysis election surveys in both Iowa and New Hampshire found overall about one-third of GOP voters would be so dissatisfied with Donald Trump or Nikki Haley they would not vote for them in the general election. In New Hampshire, among Haley supporters, 77% said they wouldn't vote for Trump in November. Among Trump supporters, 51% wouldn't vote for Haley. Those are sizable numbers. Even if we assume most would ultimately support the GOP candidate in a 50-50 nation, losing any votes matters. That means if Haley's the nominee, she'll need to broaden her support beyond moderates and highly educated voters and appeal more to the GOP base. If it's Trump, it means going beyond the base and appealing more to groups like suburban voters and independents. I'm Dana Blanton,
2: and that's your Poll Purry. It is 540. Rethink I-35. It's an organization, along with several other Austin organizations, that filed a lawsuit against the Texas Department of Transportation, Over its I-35 Capital Express Central project, which will widen eight miles of the interstate from U.S. 290 East to Ben White Boulevard and Highway SH-71. Now, in addition to the lawsuit, the coalition filed a civil rights complaints with the U.S. Department of Transportation and other federal agencies alleging that TxDOT has intentionally engaged in discrimination through its awareness of I-35's racist past and inequitable impacts and unwillingness to address those impacts, according to the press release. We get more on the story from KXAN News.
10: This expanded project would bring 130,000 extra cars, extra vehicles, through Austin
6: every day. Grassroots Transportation Group Rethink 35 joined several other groups to file a lawsuit against TxDOT over the project, alleging the Transportation Authority did not conduct extensive enough environmental reviews. All the pollution
10: that will bring will lead to worse air quality, worse water pollution. There'll be more crashes. Uh, It will further entrench us in this unpleasant environment that nobody wants to be near. In
6: addition to the lawsuit, the groups filed
10: a civil rights complaint with the federal government. The impacts of this highway today are inequitable, and by widening the highway and perpetuating the presence of this damaging piece of infrastructure, TxDOT is knowingly engaging
6: in discrimination. On Saturday, TxDOT responded to the lawsuit calling it meritless. In a press release, TxDOT's executive director argued that his organization has carefully followed and even exceeded environmental and legal requirements to advance the project.
5: We know better and there are uh, cities all across this nation that are addressing this problem in better ways, with better solutions.
6: Now, TxDOT is defending the project and vowing to fight the lawsuit. Mm. Sam Stark, KXAN News. Welcome back at 5:49
2: here on the Toddadas Show. There's one dietary supplement that's raising concerns for regulators.
5: This is House Call for Health. A dietary supplement, sometimes called gas station heroin by health officials, could get a close watch by regulatory agencies. Lawmakers are pushing for the review of certain supplements that are often sold at convenience stores and online. The supplement pills under brand names like Tiana and Zaza contain an ingredient called tianeptine that's been linked to adverse side effects like seizures, nausea, chills, and even fatal overdoses. The convenience store supplements are often used to help with brain function, anxiety, and depression. However, a review published by the National Institutes of Health revealed the supplement was similar to heroin due to its pain relieving and addictive effects. Some states have enacted their own bans on TNEPTINE while they wait for the Food and Drug Administration to re examine the supplement. For more health news, go to FoxNewsHealth.com. House Call for Health I'm Lisa Brady, Fox News.
2: If you're an Amazon Prime user who doesn't use the service only for free shipping, get ready for more ads.
9: Starting today, Amazon Prime video viewers will start seeing ads. Ads that the tech giant says will allow it to continue investing in compelling content as it follows the business models of other major streaming services. Though Amazon's saying it'll aim to have meaningfully fewer ads than other streamers and traditional TV. The new ads on Prime Video are expected to generate billions of dollars in revenue this year. As always, for Prime Video users who don't want to see
2: ads, there's an option. You'll just have to pay more. Jeff Manasso. Fox News. It is 5:51, and a look at Monday business. Here's reporter Jessica Ettinger.
8: Wall Street opens this morning for a new week of trading. Three days left in the month of January. Markets are on pace for stocks to have their third winning month in a row, but no record highs last Friday. Six
2: days up in a row at a new record. It's a rare streak when you get these persistent rallies. It means there's underlying strength, but it also means you, know, you have to just expect that you're going to hit an air pocket for some reason or none at all.
8: CNBC's Mike Santoli. Inflation cooled again in December. The Fed's favorite measure of inflation, the PCE, came in with a two-handle year-over-year for December at 2.9%, super close to normal.
9: I, I don't know if this is time for the party hats or not or the kazoos and the whole thing, but you do have a two-handle on the core. And the is headed the right way. The, uh, you know, the Fed has this problem. Good growth over here and declining inflation over there. What do you do? Is the Is the funds rate right or does it need to come down and if so... By how
8: much? CNBC senior economics reporter Steve Liesman. But one former Fed governor doesn't think the Fed's going to start cutting at the meeting that wraps up this Wednesday.
11: I don't think there's going to be
1: a
3: rate cut this week, uh, but I do think that the Fed is exactly on the glide path uh, that they want to be on.
8: Columbia University economist Fred Mishkin on CNBC. Welcome to the busiest week of earnings season this week. We get results from big mega cap names, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook parent, Meta, Amazon, and Google parent Alphabet. It'll be busy. On today's watch list, we get earnings from Whirlpool and FinTech, financial technology firm SoFi. Tax filing season is open this morning. The IRS is starting to accept returns today. Amazon Prime Video begins showing ads today. If you don't want to deal with ads, then you're going to have to pay another $3 a month. And Grammy Week begins today in Los Angeles. Plenty of brands sponsoring events to be close to the music industry. The awards are this coming Sunday night.
2: That is reporter Jessica Edinger. Now, speaking of uh, business news, there's some dire predictions for the electric vehicle business today. It's Fox
12: Wheels. An all-electric
9: future is not going to happen. That from Akio Toyota, the chairman of Toyota and the grandson of the company's founder, who's never been a big fan of EVs and who predicts that electric vehicles will not see more than a 30% cap in market share. New EV sales reached about 18% globally last year and remain sluggish. Toyota saying that infrastructure is one of the biggest problems plaguing EV adoption, plus the fact that hundreds of millions of people worldwide lack access to electricity. There's also the high cost to buy, repair, as well as battery replacement. Toyota has largely ignored the EV global trend and for now is sticking by its mostly gas combustion and hybrid strategy. Bloomberg also predicting that EVs will represent 75% of new car sales and 44% of passenger vehicles on the road by 2040. That's Fox Wheels. I'm Jeff Manasso, Fox News.
1: The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590.
7: Now,
2: here are Todd and Oz. Yeah, 6.05 here on the Todd and Oz Show. I'm Todd Jeffries. He's Patrick Osborne. Vandy, our producer, of course, is here. It's the Monday edition. And yeah, you can join us at any time you want at 512-836-0590. we got a lot to get to. Yep. Three U.S. service members killed, at least 25 others injured in a drone attack on an outpost. Uh, This is in northeast Jordan near the Syrian border, all according to U.S. Central Command. They confirmed this yesterday. Uh, But a senior defense official told Fox News the injury toll could rise higher than 25 Americans. Uh, most, uh, if, if not all, those injured and killed were Army soldiers based in northern Jordan near the Syrian border at, uh, at a base known as Tower 22, which has uh, been in support uh, you know, of, uh, of the counter-ISIS missions uh, you know, for several years now. Uh, some of the 25-plus injured have been medically evacuated from the base and uh, likely to Germany, that according to officials. And it's not clear if they were hit while sleeping in the residential compound at the base. Uh, that, according to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, is actively engaged in discussions taking place in the White House on how to respond. And uh, some are already saying, hit Tehran, hit, hit, yeah. hit Iran, let's go, that sort of thing. I I, I feel like uh, I
12: may have seen John Cornyn uh, uh, among those who was out there actually calling for us to do something like that. Jump
2: in here at 512-836-0590. Yeah, the White House said that uh, Joe Biden was briefed yesterday by Austin, the National Security Advisor on this. And, uh, and and yeah, this has been building. This is uh, this was expected, right? Sure. Because the Iranian proxies have hit us at least 150, 160 times. Uh, this time they were successful in taking lives. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, Donald
12: Trump really w- was not mincing words here. You know, he uh, he called it a very brazen attack, uh, uh, horrific and tragic. Uh, and he says, "Here's yet another consequence of Joe Biden's weakness and surrender." Uh, he said in a statement, "He said three years ago around was weak, broke, totally under control." Thanks to my maximum pressure policy, the Iranian regime could barely scrape $2 together to fund their terrorist
2: proxies. Let's get more from reporter Jackie Quinn. Here's what she had to say on the story.
5: Because, well, just uh, well on, on both sides of the aisle... People are saying let's respond. President Biden announced the drone attack that claimed 3 US lives and left some 25 other American service personnel injured. He called it despicable and wholly unjustified. This is the first time American troops in Jordan have been targeted since militants began attacking US forces in Iraq and Syria after the war against Hamas began in Israel. Uh-huh and <laughs> I'm Insiders say the installation, known as Tower 22, houses mostly engineering, logistics, and security troops who were likely sleeping at the time of the attack.
7: I know we've had an impact. You know, I won't, uh, won't characterize uh, you know how much, but do we have had an impact on their on their capabilities.
5: Joint Chiefs Chairman C.Q. Brown on ABC's This Week with George Stephanopoulos prior to the attack described the U.S. role to deter militant violence in the region.
7: Make sure as we uh, uh, as things have happened in the Middle East is not to have the conflict broaden. And so uh, as I provide advice and we think about the uh, approach we take, we want to ensure that we uh, take away capability while we protect our forces at the same time not have this broaden in, into a uh, into a, a much wider conflict.
5: Since the Israeli assault on Gaza after October seventh, there have been dozens of militia attacks against U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria. This is the first in Jordan. I'm Jackie Quinn.
2: All right, there you go. Now you're up to date, and uh, and of course, uh, a lot of people on the right and the left are saying we got to respond to this. Mm-hmm. You got the John Cornyns. Uh, you got Lindsey Graham. Uh, Lindsey Graham loves a good war. And uh, And say we should hit Tehran and hit Iran, well, you know, I, I mean, I do wonder what we do. I mean, uh, so we're there, right?
12: that we've positioned ourselves there. where mm-hmm. we now we've been hit. Obviously, we can't just not do anything. Mm. Uh, so, you know, but but hitting Tehran, I'm not sure. yeah, you, you know that I mean, that's 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 the big leagues right there. My question too, is this, would this have happened if Donald Trump were president right mm-hmm. now? Would any of this been going on if Donald Trump were the president? Uh, would would there be any any effort to attack American
2: soldiers like like Iran has has been backing? That's a great question.
12: Yeah, oh,
2: jump right. in at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Governor Greg Abbott says uh, the state will continue to hold the line against the Biden administration's border crisis. Yeah, the uh, the the deputy for the for the uh, Texas Attorney General Greg or uh, Governor Greg Abbott has uh, insisted that his state has the right to defend America. As uh, as we're challenged over whether to you know to stand off with the uh, you know the White House, it uh, could plunge into a, a civil war. Uh, those are the words that are being kicked around in an interview with
3: Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Let me give you an example. We put up the wire, we put up containers, and guess what? A few months ago, three thousand were crossing a day. Today, zero, zero. Yesterday, when I when I left around four o'clock in the afternoon, so we know. What we're doing in Texas works for the Biden administration and Joe Biden and Mayorkas want to come in and cut the wire when we're having success makes no sense to anyone, even the rank and file border patrol on the border that we work very well with Maria. It's just the politicos that he sends in to try to stir the pot. Look, they stood down, they said they're not going to cut the wire and it's good news for them because they would have needed a lot of wire cutters because we have a whole lot of wire and mm-hmm. if they had snipped it and cut it, we we would have replaced it right away. We're gonna put wire down the entire border.
2: Yeah, now, now, now the two sides, Texas and the feds were battling in court on a, on a variety issues, including Shelby Park and the buoys and all of that. Uh, and uh, Well, here's Dan Patrick again.
3: You know, the founders never dreamed we'd have a president like this one. It would just open the door to everyone. And and they said, well, invasion if, if a, an army came. Well, we're facing yeah. an army. And I'm they're trying- well armed. They're well coordinated. They're making yeah. millions and millions of dollars off of Joe Biden. Don't mess with Texas. We're serious about securing our border, and I'm glad the president stood down on Friday and did not confront us. That would be the wrong thing to do. We don't want a confrontation, and they shouldn't want a confrontation. And we believe constitutionally we are right. We have a right to defend our citizens. We have a right to defend this country, and we're just doing the job. This whole idea of Shelby Park, that they would come there, is just Mm -hmm. ludicrous. Look, these young men and women who serve our National Guard and our DPS, these are the best of the best. Why would he want to send anyone down to confront them? There you go.
2: That's uh, Dan Patrick on the Fox Business Channel. 618 here on the Todd and I show. And yeah, you can join us. Jump in here. 512-836-0590. You've seen this tweet over the weekend uh, involving Elon Omar, the uh, the Democrat from uh, Minnesota. I sure have. Where she's talking about Somalia first. Fight for Somalia, Somalia first, Somalia first. Mm-hmm. You say America first, you're called a racist, That's right? Right. That's right? So what is she? Well, this was a Saturday event. Elon Omar spoke to a crowd of Somalians uh, who, uh, who waved the flag while she pledged allegiance to Somalia. That's her home That's country. Right. I, you know I, I understand the connection, but Somalia first, while you're a lawmaker representing the United States, seems kind of odd and weird to me right well uh, certainly i mean uh, you know she's not representing
12: americans and she makes it very very clear very clear uh, you know I, I mean it's all uh, assuming the translations are correct which you know based on some of her responses they were you know uh, yeah uh, it's very clear that she doesn't put america first
2: there's some questions about the uh interpretation no of what no,
12: no, no I just i mean most people you know don't you know she's speaking a foreign language most people i don't i don't think
2: follow yeah, 620, uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. So uh, the group is called Rethink 35. They do not like the idea of the state expanding the interstate to improve the flow of traffic. Uh, along with several other Austin organizations, they've now filed a lawsuit against the Texas Department of Transportation. The bottom line is they want to stop this project completely, don't yeah, they? That They do. They have a different project in mind that includes bicycles uh tricycles rickshaws <laughs> and sore feet that's right right and a lot of sweat yeah well TechStots uh, talking about expanding an eight-mile section of the interstate from uh us 290 east to benton white boulevard in sh 71 we've been talking about this for years right well anyway they uh in addition to their lawsuit according to uh this group what's the name of their spokesperson uh, mr greenfield Adam greenfield adam greenfield is his name does he have a job at the city or is he just an activist? I think he's just an activist. Okay. I don't believe he's with the city. He, there may be some commission he's on, but I, I don't think so. Well, anyway, she—they've uh, also this rethink 35 have also filed a, a civil rights complaint because uh, I 35 is a racist, racist interstate. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, it's a racist interstate. Uh, dot has intentionally, they say in their lawsuit, Dot is intentionally engaged in discrimination through its awareness of I 35's racist past and inequitable impacts. And it's unwillingness to address those impacts. So uh, a civil rights complaint has been filed to stop the expansion of I-35 that people are stuck on right this very minute.
12: You're never going to convince me in 2024 now that, you know, some some highway prevents you from getting from east to west. It's 2024. It's not 1924 where you could say, yeah, we're stuck over here on the east side and they built this road and we can't get over there. Even then, I'd say walk, yeah. you know, but...
2: Well I want this is uh, we we get more on this story uh, they interviewed Mr Greenfield uh, and this is KXAN's uh, version of this story, and listen.
10: This expanded project would bring 130,000 extra cars, extra vehicles through Austin every day.
6: Every Grassroots day. transportation group Rethink 35 joined several other groups to file a lawsuit against TxDOT over the project, alleging the transportation authority did not conduct extensive enough environmental reviews. And all the
10: pollution that will bring will lead to worse air quality, Worse water pollution. There'll be more crashes. Uh, it will further entrench us in this unpleasant environment that nobody wants to be near. Yeah, Why'd
12: you move here, man? There you go. I uh, just I'll get deal. some
2: serious red coat
12: vibes from this guy.
10: What is he talking about? To- nobody
2: wants to be here. What is he talking Paul about? Paul Revere on the phone. What is the hell is going on with this guy? It's like
12: all right. So uh, so we don't we don't uh, uh, nobody wants to live here because it's what
6: too hot. I guess too many, too
12: many, too many cars. Yeah, I guess. well,
6: hang on. Here's more from KXAN. In addition to the lawsuit, the groups filed a civil rights complaint with the federal government. The
10: impacts of this highway today are inequitable, and by widening the highway and perpetuating the presence of this damaging piece of infrastructure, TechDot <laughs> is knowingly engaging <laughs> in discrimination. What is, he, what is he talking
2: about?
12: He can't. What be is serious. he talking about? He's like a living parody account.
2: What? <laughs>
6: On Saturday, TxDOT responded to the lawsuit, calling it meritless. In a press release, TxDOT's executive director argued that his organization has carefully followed and even exceeded environmental and legal requirements to advance
5: the project. We know better, and there are uh, cities all across this nation that are addressing this problem in better ways, with better solutions.
6: Now TxDOT is defending the project and vowing to fight the lawsuit. Sam Stark, KXAN News. We're surrounded by clowns. So, Everybody with big
12: shoes and red noses. Surrounded by men that squat to pee. That's right. That's what it is.
2: <laughs>
12: <Look, Yeah>, te- <laughs>
6: Great,
12: man. has made it very clear, though, so, in, in their statement here. You, you know, I mean, they said, uh, they, they said, we, uh, we will vigorously defend this much needed project. Silliness. Said, We've carefully followed and even exceeded the environmental and legal requirements to advance the project. We don't believe the actions of the opponents have merit. Text intends to continue to press forward, and listen. They they they're anticipating thirty would, billion dollars. What else would Text
2: dot do? What 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 else would they do? They're not going to. St- why would they stop this? They, they wouldn't. No, They wouldn't. They're expanding an existing roadway. I, I, I was I, I, I meant ten
12: billion dollars over thirty years. They're anticipating uh, up and down you know uh, that corridor in this general area. They say there's absolutely no way that we could just do nothing, turn it into a boulevard, you know, so everybody can ride their bikes and walk. You know, and, and you know, and impact that sort of economic development over the next three decades. Let's squeeze in a call
2: here, real quick. Uh, Colin is checking in from uh, West Austin this morning. Colin, good morning. What's on your mind?
3: Hey, good morning, guys. Good show as always.
2: Thank you, sir.
8: I just
3: want to make sure that you guys saw that the government of Somalia actually released a statement following Omar's comments, condemning what she had to say, and they went on to say that her conduct was unbecoming of a U.S. state person and that she had no idea what she was talking about, and that her comments were actually detrimental to the relationship between the two countries.
2: I guess, and, yeah. Okay. Well, I thought, I, I, uh, well, I thought
3: that was awesome. I don't understand why our government can't do the same thing. It's very frustrating. That's true, that's why true. Why this all happen?
2: That's true. Why can't our government right. do the same thing, uh, you know, where she's talking like this? That's a good point, yeah. Colin, thank you. I I, I, I didn't know we had somebody listening that listens to uh, Somalia Times. Uh, I didn't know you subscribed. How about that? There you go. Yeah, you know, they got some good pieces there.
12: You know, some real in-depth journalism.
2: Is that right? Yeah. 626, (laughs) uh, jump in here at 512- 836-0590. Eight three six zero five ninety. Well, it appears that, uh, you know, this, the story of that special uh, assistant city manager position to oversee policing and public safety, mm. apparently that's not even a position that's needed. It's not needed. Not even going to post that job. I wouldn't think so. So, so what was that last week when we, uh, when, we, when we got threatened with Art Acevedo coming back to town? What was that? Was that just political cronyism at its best? I, I, it appeared so. It, it certainly did. I mean, with all the reports that this
12: was a position designed solely for Art Acevedo, Yeah. And, and and then, you know, you hear reaction from some officers. I, you know, I heard from them, they're like, look, we don't want this. There's no, this isn't, doesn't matter who it is, this is not a position we need. Yeah. Uh, You know, yeah, you got to wonder,
2: because I don't think they're going to fill it with anybody else. Yeah, Kirk Watson tells CBS Austin, he says, I'm not even sure if the city manager plans to put anybody else in that position. Yeah. Must not be important. Must not be. But it paid 270 thousand a year. 632 here on the Todd and Show. You can join us at 512-836-0590. The uh, Austin's uh, George Soros back to district attorney is being slammed by a new GOP challenger. Uh, in uh, in this GOP challenger, his name is uh, Daniel Betts. He's a criminal defense attorney. He says Jose Garza uh, should be uh, embarrassed by his actions. I agree. Uh he he was in a sit down interview with uh, Fox Digital and and we get a chance to uh you know hear what uh, what he's got to say. This is criminal defense attorney Daniel Betts and he's running against our, uh Travis County uh, DA Jose Garza.
11: District Attorney Garza is uniquely vulnerable especially in this cycle. I think before he was in office people could believe the platitudes and they could believe the, the ideological talk and they could uh, believe in these lofty goals that he had. But now we've seen what that actually looks like uh, on the ground and it's not people, you know, people talk about it as a political spectrum i like to think of it as a continuum because there are so many ways in which we can choose to be united on our common goals as opposed to be divided by petty differences that aren't really even most of the time differences to begin with call it a career is uh is a bit much he's been doing this for three years that's the only time that he's ever been in criminal law so he's a bit of a neophyte in that regard and Uh, I think that he has not shown respect for the process. You know, just from what I've heard from uh, families of victims, you know, he's threatened to hang up on them um, when they don't uh, agree with his lenient sentences. Um, He doesn't seem to understand the uh, rule of parties, you know, that if you're involved in a crime and involved in the planning and the commission of a crime, even if you're not the one who pulls the trigger in a murder, that you are liable, you are accountable, and the law holds you accountable. Um, he His sentences consistently are much less than what the, the jury would give, as we saw in Caitlin Armstrong. In that case, he was trying to offer 30 years on that case. The jury, I think, got it right when they gave 90 years, and I think he's just been so out of step with the community, and he's acting as though he has this mandate um and uh i don't think that if you talk to anybody in the community especially anybody who's been affected by the violent crime that is running rampant through austin and the surrounding cities that that they would agree with him and his approach at all yeah
2: there you go that's criminal defense attorney daniel batts uh, he's a he's a republican challenger for uh, travis county da mm-hmm. jose garza uh later this year what do you think uh 5128360590 betts has real courtroom experience yeah yeah yeah,
12: yeah. And, and i i you know i hope he's got some deep pockets cuz he's going to need them you know going up against a, a, a guy who's backed by you know soros money but but look since since jose garza uh, jose garza took office mm. austin's uh you know set records all time records for homicides uh and and you know he he's constantly accused of cherry picking crimes there was that that story that KXAN ran last year where he talked about how he's increased the conviction rate from thirty eight percent to to ninety one percent. But you know, everybody starts looking at this, and goes, well. This is extremely fuzzy math you're you're, you're using here. Here's None some, of this uh, really adds up. Using some creative math on that front again yeah. with the cherry picking, you know. Sure, uh, but I you know so I I, I yeah. like what uh, what Mister Betts has to say. It's very
2: difficult for a Republican to win anything in Travis County.
11: Well actually talked this.
2: about, uh, you know, that conviction rate and in, uh, in the, you know, the the funky numbers.
11: It says so many different things. I don't even know where to start. It, ta- it you know, it speaks to how he lives in his own little bubble uh, and is just completely tone deaf. it's It's not as though this weren't an issue before the funeral of Officer Pastor, the SWAT officer who was, was killed. Uh, the city council members were not originally welcome, and they were only. Uh, ultimately invited under the caveat that they not make any statement at the funeral. Jose wasn't part of those uh, um, negotiations and he just, sh- like like a kid wandering into a conversation, he just showed up completely unbidden and completely unaware of the effect that his presence would have on those people mourning the death of Officer Pastor. Mm. So callous, uh, so out of touch with reality and that's who we have leading this office. That's not a leader. Um, you know, and I've, I've spoken to people at, at who were, used to be at the Workers' Defense Project, and they said he wasn't a leader there either. You know, he's an ideologue, and the district attorney's office is not the place to be running a social experiment when people's lives and their futures are on the line. And unfortunately, that's what we have going on right now.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, yeah, this uh, this experiment of, re, of uh, defunding and reimagining public safety it's been a total failure. Absolutely. Lives have been lost Yeah, as a result. And, well, and Jose Garza is part of that. I, no no doubt about it. I mean, you know, and think about all the
12: crimes that, that probably go unreported nowadays oh. un, under this guy. You know, property crime, uh, violent crime, these things are up. But you got a lot of people that say, well, you know, I know that uh, it's not worth my time to report this anymore. I, for one thing, I've got to go through this cumbersome process of getting online and reporting because nobody wants to take my call anymore. Uh, you don't want to call 911. They'll tell you to call three one one cops know that this guy garza the judges too i mean you know they're they it's yeah. it's all for not for for a lot of them nowadays so we the citizens you know regular folks end up paying the price because you know there's all this extra crime out there these guys that should be behind bars aren't and you know a lot of times nowadays too in, in this city and and many like it you know any any ramp any an increased enforcement or presence of law enforcement is is met with intense pushback from the activists who use the same old argument time and time again, but it works apparently. Yeah, you know
2: yeah. It, it always seems to work. No, but you're right. Uh, it's going to take a lot of money, a lot of money, huge amounts of money. And I wish him the best. Yeah. I really, really do. I think it was uh, it was George Soros that gave five hundred thousand dollars to get uh, Jose Garza elected. Yeah, and he's still doing that. He's still talking to the you know the Soros family is still in the process of trying to turn uh, you know Texas uh purple then blue i mean that's the ultimate goal and they're getting a lot of help on this front at the border too right they are they are indeed and and uh w- i mean with those open borders it,
12: it, i mean we're just we've imported you know entire state populations you know just you know
2: allowed them to come in here a lot of them are probably gonna you know eventually vote democrat yeah so uh coming up stay with us uh, we'll update you on uh, all things happening at the border we have, uh, you know, uh, the, the tension that continues to build between uh, the Biden administration and Governor Greg Abbott and Border Patrol and the Texas Guard that's down there with the razor wire and the buoys. And, uh, and we got some sort of border security deal that's in the making that, well, it seems kind of fishy, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, so far, it would allow about 150,000 crossings a month, 1.8 million a year. That's one point eight million too many. Why 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 would the Republicans agree to that? That doesn't sound like border security, does it? Six 46 here on the Todd and I show. Listen, House Republicans release a draft of their impeachment articles against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas for his handling of illegal immigration along the U.S. southern border. Texas Republican Congressional Candidate mayora Flores is trying to reclaim that seat that she lost in November's midterm elections and she was on Fox and Friends just a few minutes ago and says uh, this impeachment hearing is long overdue. I've
8: been asking for this impeachment for over a year now. Just last month alone, we had over 300,000 illegal crossings in here into the United States. And that we've never seen anything like this before.
2: Yeah, that's uh, Mayor Flores uh, on Fox just a few minutes ago. House Republicans are refusing to take up the bill in the Senate's uh, meant to address uh, border security. I
8: honestly believe that this is on the Biden administration. He refuses to allow our Border Patrol agents to enforce the laws. All he has to do is put back in place the policies that were working.
12: Now, not, not according to Joe Biden. Joe Biden said in a statement he says what's been negotiated so far would have passed into law. He claims... Be the toughest and fairest set of reforms to secure the border we've ever had in our country. Mm. Do you believe that even no. for
2: a second? No, I don't. If he if he was being honest, he could fix it today.
12: He could, he could. But his, you know, the Republicans allege in the first article of impeachment there against uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, they say his refusal to obey the law is not only an offense against the separation of powers in the Constitution of the U.S. It also threatens our national security. And I think you could make the same exact argument about Joe Biden himself.
2: Newsman Lucas Tomlinson has more from uh, the White
12: House. Now,
4: here's the text. Alejandro N. Mayorkas knowingly made false statements to Congress that the border is secure, that the border is, quote, no less secure than it was previously, and that the border is, quote, closed, and that DHS has, quote, operational control of the border. Now, here's the response from DHS to all this. It says, quote, This farce of an impeachment is a distraction from other vital national security priorities, and the work Congress should be doing to actually fix our broken immigration laws. Now, many Republican congressmen say the southern border is should be the top national security priority.
2: Yeah, newsman uh, Lucas Tomlinson, there. Uh, jump in at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Now, the negotiations on Capitol Hill for uh, new legislation to address the southern border crisis, and uh, Joe Biden says says that he will shut the border, shut down the border, if Congress just passes the bipartisan deal. But House Speaker Mike Johnson says this bill is doomed to fail in the House if Republicans feel it doesn't do enough to address the record number of migrants crossing illegally. Uh, now, uh, Senator Rick Scott, a Republican from Florida, had this to say.
9: We can change all these laws. There's laws now. Trump secured the border. Biden decided to open the border on the exact same laws. We don't need a new bill. We need something to enforce, to force Biden to comply with the law.
2: I guess they're not done yet bringing in voters. I guess that's what it is, right? Yeah, they got. They have a lot more to import, sure. Virginia Democrat Senator Tim Kaine.
1: Senator Langford has expressed his disappointment with President Biden. I was disappointed when President Trump Turned down a border protection deal in 2018 that would have invested 25 billion dollars at the border. So, but we can't just look in the rearview mirror. We got to do what's right right now.
2: <laughs> you just looked in the rearview mirror. What do you mm. mean? <laughs>
12: <laughs> I, I this this is this is a nonsense deal, mm. right? It, there should be it, it should be border security first. So this a thousand times. Then you worry about Ukraine. You worry about anybody else. Right? Donald Trump came out the, uh, last week opposing uh, this this package. Um, and so now you've got some other Senate Republicans say they're not really in favor of supporting this either. And I say the Republicans really need to stand their ground on something. For once, stand your ground and, yeah. and let it be this. You know, so so the government partially shuts down and some national parks close their gates and whatever, you know. We'll reopen soon enough. Stand your ground on something. For once.
2: Just for once. Just for once. You know, Even they, though the Supreme Court, do... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. What I'm just saying they that? never do. They never really do. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I hear your frustration. Yeah. Uh, 512-836-0590. Even though the Supreme Court gave federal agents the okay to remove razor
1: wire at the border, the Texas National Guard is keeping the feds away from one of those crossings in Eagle Pass. SMU political science professor Matthew Wilson says the president is in a bind because if he federalizes the National Guard, that opens the door. For Republicans to be able to say, look, the president of the United States has seized control of the National Guard in order to prevent the National Guard from enforcing border security and immigration law. He says Governor Abbott's
2: move to bus migrants to sanctuary cities has made illegal immigration a national issue. Yeah, there you go. That's newsman uh, Austin York reporting. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. And you talk about standing your ground. I mean, that, that's what we're
12: seeing in Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing Greg Abbott, Dan Patrick, do do exactly that in you know, Texas National Guard. Uh, my only question is, what if, the Supreme Court rules that you know not only can the Border Patrol cut the wire, mm. Texas can no longer lay the wire down. Mm. Then what will be the next move?
2: I don't think that's going to happen, though. I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's going to happen.
12: Well, and and you, now you've got Joe Biden, you know, throwing down some some economic sanctions on on, on oil and gas. Uh, I, I think uh, I- impacting them the most. Uh, so you, you know, I, exports. I think that you know that's really going to impact. So he's really, Joe Biden is really going after now the livelihood of Americans in support of keeping this border wide open. And yet the whole time he'll point the finger and say, well, it's the Republicans' fault. They won't go along with this package. Yeah. And it's it's
2: uh, it's great gaslighting is what it is. Hang on a second here. I don't want to talk too much about Taylor Swift and the Super Bowl, but, okay. but she's performing, right? Uh, is she the halftime show? That's what I probably. heard. Probably. I thought they already picked her. No, they did. They already picked her. They did. Yeah, they did. That's a done deal. Mm-hmm. Makes it sound like a script, right? Makes it sound like the Chiefs are part of a script. It's getting harder and harder those, to argue against that because those de- those those Super Bowl deals aren't made at the last minute. Yeah. Right. Oh wait, let's get let's get Taylor. The Chiefs are going to Super. Bowl. Let's get Taylor to perform. That's not how it works. Uh, interesting story about Taylor uh, Taylor Swift's influence on the election. Huge. Taylor Swift has largely avoided politics, but her fame is raising questions about whether her endorsements uh, could help decide the next presidential race. It's a Newsweek poll by Redfield and Wilton Strategies and found that 18% of voters say they're more likely or significantly more likely to vote for a candidate that she endorses. 17% say they would be uh, less likely to vote uh, for swift-backed candidates, while 55% would, uh, would neither more or less likely do so. And all of the respondents, 45% said that they were fans of the singer and 54% say they were not. The communications consultant, uh, James Haggerty, explained she's influenced popular culture, sports, and economics, her entire regions of the U.S. Uh, So why not politics and elections? I fully expect the Biden
12: campaign to seize on this. I fully expect her to make some sort of anti-Trump statement at the Super Bowl. Uh, Why not? I mean, you know... You'll never have uh
2: She's not playing She's Super not Bowl. playing? Oh, Usher. Usher. Oh, it's Usher. Okay, well then there you go. Usher, Usher. And Reba. Okay. Well, good then. Well, I mean, I'm we sure, get enough Taylor Swift as it is. I thought for sure to be Taylor Swift now that the Chiefs won, right? I I, I mean, why not? I mean, right over Everybody, sure we'll see everybody her. loves Taylor Swift. I'm sure everybody we'll see does. Her. And everybody listening wants to he, he see and who and see who she's going to endorse. Everybody needs it. How can we how can we go any further with this election if we don't find out who Taylor wants? Right?
12: She's, you know, she's a very influential woman. And, I, and I, think the, I think the Biden administration really will seize on that. I really think they're going to try. What do you mean? I mean, obviously she's influential. What do you mean they'll see well, on Well, you know, to partner up with her, you know, help her get that message out. You know, the anti-Trump message, like you said, you know, 18%, if not more, would probably be influenced
2: by her. Her voice on that. I'm just amazed that she made it to the Super Bowl her first season in the NFL. Congratulations, Taylor. That's for she deserved, we're pretty high for she that. deserves a Super Bowl performance is what it is. Yeah. She deserves it. <laughs> well, she'll get it. Uh, the cameras going to be all over her. What do you think about uh, you know, uh Travis Travis Swift? Travis Swift. What do you think about that uh that power couple? Well, they'll be swapping covid shots at their wedding. You think so? Yeah. I don't think any man wants to be part of a power couple. No? <laughs> why well, not? I don't think any man likes that. Is it,
1: is it emasculating? Is that why? A little bit. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ.
0: Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio, KLBJ.